I mean, Chicken Wings, rap music, and tequila. That's actually my, and some spades and Uno. That would be my kind of night. And a blunt. I mean, I don't know how to play spades. Yes, a blunt. That would be great. I don't know how to play spades, but I just like when people are in the area playing spades. Same. I don't know how to play it either. I miss that part of being black. I miss that lesson. So here we are. Oh, you know how many times people have taken my black card because I don't know how to play spades? I don't know how to play spades, and I still haven't seen Friday all the way through. Wait a minute. I'm not going to take your I black card. I'm not going to take your black card, but you, you haven't seen... Have you not seen Friday all the way You've never even accidentally seen Friday all the way through? I've accidentally seen part of it. I've never accidentally seen the whole thing. Like, wh- what, what are the reasons as to why you haven't watched the entire Friday? <sighs> so listen, okay. So my mama was very strict when I was a kid. So we were not allowed to watch rated R movies, but we had stolen pay-per-view and we were unsupervised a lot. So which one is the Christmas one? Is that next Friday or Friday after next? <laughs> next Friday after forget- next. Yeah, I always forget. But I seen that one because it was on pay-per-view by the time we was old enough to uh, to watch it unsupervised. But yeah, like it's so many movies I still haven't seen. Hey, shout out to you though, because I didn't even, I never got to even watch pay per view. I still, I don't even think I've ever watched pay per view in my life at 31 years old. You ain't missing much. I mean, <laughs> now, anyways, like back then it was lit because you had like Uncensored Jerry Springer and um, Scary Movie was out, and then there was a Playboy channel. So, I mean, that's, that's what I was trying to watch. I used to remember like the Playboy, the uh, preview, I mean, the pay per view channel was like real squiggly. And stuff. Oh so yeah! But I would try squint, to watch it. it. Yep, I would be squinting, trying to see titties and ass and stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm turning my head, trying to squint. Like maybe I can see a titty. Oh, I saw a titty. Like right. I That's tried. a nipple. <laughs> oh, I think that was a nipple. Oh, was that a vagina? Oh, I finally see the vagina. So yeah, yeah was, a squiggly orange vagina. Yes, orange. It was always like green, orange, red. Like the colors was always real bright. I remember that. I was that oh, orange vagina, yo. I mean. Oh, oh by the way, y'all. Oh, welcome to the Chicken and Liquor Hour. I'm here with my homie. Um, I don't know if she wants me to say her real name because I say your real name because people be wanting to have like fake names and all that on her. I'll let you introduce yourself however you want to introduce yourself. That works. That works. So I am Kai. I am, I do a little bit of everything. I'm an educator. I am a, uh, what do I call myself? A freelance educator and a healer. Full of melanin. Full of blackness and all of that. Purple Um, Kool-Aid, etc. Purple Kool-Aid? I never liked purple Kool-Aid. I, you know, actually my favorite was like black cherry. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I hated. I hated most of the flavors. I'm a. I was a lemonade, pink lemonade, tropical punch, and that's where I ended with Kool Aid. I didn't like all that other shit. I never liked tropical punch. I thought it tasted like chemicals, even as a kid. I liked I was, regular cherry, but I didn't like tropical punch. All the other flavors was way too sweet for me. I'm not. I'm when it comes to juice. I don't even like all that extra stuff. I'm a. If I'm drinking juice, the only juices I drink pretty much our fruit punch, lemonade, pink lemonade, cranberry juice, orange juice, and that might be all, to be honest. I don't like a, I'm only really drinking juice anyways, but if I'm drinking juice, those are the only ones I'm fooling with. That's fair. You don't like cran grape, though? Uh, cran grape tastes like Robitussin. That shit's thick. I'm gonna hang up on you. Bruh, like, cran grape, I remember in college when we thought we was balling and we would get, like, grape uh, Burnett's vodka. Oh and my god, but that is, oh, my stomach is turning just hearing that word. We thought we was balling and we thought we was making cocktails and we would get grape Burnett's vodka and mix it with cran grape juice. And yeah. that was the thick that was the thickest. It's like when you look like lean is really thick. It had the consistency yeah. of lean. It had the consistency of lean but tastes like Robitussin. That shit was awful. That sounds like uh Q oil, honestly. It was not. At least Q oil had some taste to it. Actually, I don't even remember if it had taste because usually by the time you're drinking Q oil, you was drunk. You was dead, right? So actually, I don't know. Like we have these memories of it tasting good, but it might not. It probably didn't. Honestly, anything with Burnett's, like I can't drink vodka at all anymore because of Burnett's in college. 
that's legit me. Like anytime I, someone tells me about vodka or asks me if I want some vodka, my memories go back to being wrapped around the toilet telling God that I'll never drink again. Right. Like just at probably a Western place or the registry. Like I just can't. Uh, yeah, I think about some college apartments. I think about us turning up and listening to like Waka Flocka or Gucci Mane oh or, my God. or, no or hands. Plies, Plies in the background, Pretty what? Ricky. Pretty Ricky, one of yes. them shit having that in the background. Yes. And oh, yes. I don't want to go background. back. And we're playing like Kings or something. <laughs> some people call it Kings, some people call it Circle of Death. Um, I think oh, there's like I three or four nights. Oh, you never heard of Circle of Death? Yeah, that's what I definitely heard people call it that. Yeah, I've definitely gotten drunk a many a times today. And whenever you play that game, I feel like, you know how there's a card where it's like make a rule? I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like anytime people made a rule, it always turned into like, you got to take a piece of clothing off if right. someone does this. It was always take a piece of clothing off. Mad sexual, right? Like, just have <laughs> sex and go home. Like, just... <laughs> Just have sex and go home. Now that I'm grown, I'm like, I ain't got time for all of that. Like, listen, you trying to smash or not? Like, well, I got to get up for work in the morning, so. Well, people weren't saying that in college because we was taking naps and not having to go to work early in the morning most of the time. So, or right. if, you had, if you had to go to work, people didn't care. You know, back in college, you didn't care. Like, you would stay up till 2 a.m. knowing damn well you had to wake up at 7 a.m. No, I, my senior year, I had a job where I had to be at work at 8 a.m. I had successfully gone four years without an 8 o'clock class, but I decided it was a good idea to be at work at 8 o'clock. And I used to wake up. I lived in Southwest, and I worked at the Live Center. You remember, uh, it was, like, right across the street from campus and where yeah. that Wendy's was? Yeah. And I would roll out of bed at 7.40, brush my teeth, mm-hmm. throw something on, and be at work at, like, 8.15. And still be yeah. late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I had eight a.m. freshman year. Then I realized I'm never doing that again. And right. then, and then I never had an eight a.m. ever again. But then, by the time I got to grad school, actually, by my senior year, when I started working at the apartment complex at the Gables, shout out to the Gables. And right? No, what's it called? No, I don't even know what it's called now. I know they changed the name a couple years after. Oh shoot! What's fu- What's funny is when I went home and I was in a wedding, uh, well, when I went to Bowling Green, I was in a wedding back in March. And uh, I stopped I stopped by the apartment complex and I went in there and it looked, the office and stuff was totally different. I don't even remember what it was called. It was called something weird. But I went in there and so I basically like, I was like, yo, I'm just trying to get a tour of the apartments. My nephew is coming here in the fall. And, <laughs> I definitely said it. No, I said my nephew's coming here in the summer. He goes to the University of Louisville right now, but he's going to finish up at Western Kentucky. And I just want to get a tour of the apartment. And I went in there. The little, uh, it was a girl. This college student took me on the tour. And them shits look the exact same as from, from 2011. And like, I bet the uh, rent that went up, too. Bruh, I asked the rent. When I moved out of there, the rent was three nineteen. That rent, that rent, I mean, it ain't went up crazy amount because it only went up to like 390. So that's actually not a whole lot compared to a lot of these the other. St- uh, yeah. yeah. As long as, as, as uh, compared to most of these other apartments, student apartments. But I'm like, this looks the exact same as when we lived here, uh, what, eight years ago. But they're going to raise the rent. Like, that shit is whack. It was like the furniture was the same. The, uh, the they need to replace that. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, they probably have replaced it and just keep getting the same furniture, though. Oh no! Like, hey, uh, listen, we had this order five years ago. Can we just repeat it? Get the exact same little swirly Bruh. couch. And, Bruh, uh, that shit was trash. That shit was so trash. So she took me on the tour, and I'm just walking around, and I'm like, wow, this looks really nice, and asking all these questions like I've never seen it, and it all looked the exact same. But I would, I like low key, I could go back and with the salaries that people make now as adults, I could just have an entire apartment, all four bedrooms to myself and pay for all four rooms. Like, man, like, you know how beautiful that would be if I could just pay for that? Like she was telling me about all the different, she was telling me about all the different apartments there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in, in my head. I'm like, I've seen all these. I know all these, but she was just naming them all. But I'm walking around, I'm walking around Bowling Green and I'm like, thank God I don't live in this place anymore. Oh my gosh. It's just not a place for anyone who's not a college student. 
Bro, if you're not like, a college student or if you're not raising a family, I ain't trying to be there. No, like, how are you going to meet other people in their mid-20s, late-20s? Like, Bro, you, as a young professional, you are not going to fall in love in that place. No, <laughs> you are not. like, Tinder on Bowling Green, you got to have your youngest age be, like, 27 just to avoid all the college students who lied about their age. Like, I can't. Uh, I couldn't imagine the people who come there for grad school but live, but like, but grew up in Atlanta and then went to undergrad in like DC and then you come there right. for grad school. Oh my gosh, that would be. I'm driving around, I'm like, this fucking place, like, oh my gosh, this place is trash. Thank God, like, we was all there in college together because I had the time of my, I had fun in college. It was fun, yeah, but it was so, like, Bollinger was so boring. It was so Hell boring. Yeah. Hell we yeah. We used to have to, like, find stuff to do. Like, we used to go downtown. Cause we like we knew it was gonna be trash, but we went just to get out of the house. Yep. Do you have headphones in or anything? Cause it sounds kind of staticky. Uh, I do not have headphones in. So my uh, phone. Let me. I can plug in some headphones, but my phone's a little old, so only one of the uh, headphones hell. work. No, nah, I mean it's not that. I was just wondering. I mean, you can try the headphones and see if it sounds different. Okay, it might. How's this? It might not. You got them in now. Yeah. I think it sounds good. Okay. Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. You probably, you also got an Android, so that might be it. <laughs> Dang. Uh, well. Actually, actually, that didn't change anything. <laughs> yeah, It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. You came from my phone and Yeah, take the headphones back again. out. Take the headphones back out. <laughs> I'll just edit this whole little part out. <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> Anywho, so you said you was a, what did you say, you're a freelance educator? Yeah, that's the, the title that I've come up with for myself. So basically, I, uh, well, you know a little bit about my, my educational journey, but I, I got a master's. You got to expl- explain it for the culture. I know, that's what I'm saying. So I got uh, I got a bachelor's in communication, corporate communication. We have the same major, right? Huh? We, uh, we well, have the same I was corporate communication at first, and then they told me I had to take a couple extra classes if I want to stay in there. So I did communications and then made, and minored in sport management. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I was yeah. corporate communication. Because you remember we had that real easy class, that uh, night class with that white what lady. What was that? that? I don't know. It was a communication class, though. She was she either always canceled class or like it was a night class. It was supposed to be like three hours. Yeah. And she would let us out after like forty five minutes. Yeah, I lo- wasn't that like interviewing or something? Uh, like yeah. interviewing class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was like a final project or paper or something. I didn't even do it, and she still gave no. me an A in the class. Yep, she canceled. She used to cancel class every week. Yeah, she <laughs> I did. I forgot I took, about that. I remember. Oh, I remember. I took one class with her, and I was like, "Will, you gotta take this class. You gotta take another class with this lady. This lady is wild. She don't ever yeah. have class. She gives everybody an A." Yeah, oh, I wish I could remember her name. Her. I feel like it was like Susan. She was a white lady with brown hair, so her name was probably. I remember Susan. that, but I did learn about like how your resume was supposed to be in that class, and how when you're like fresh out of college at a young age. You shouldn't have a two-page resume, but then the further you go, it's okay to have. I did learn that. So yeah, shout out somebody, to her. Right. Somebody dragged me for that when I was like a junior in college. It was like, why your resume got two pages? I've been in the workforce <laughs> for 20 years and mine is one page. And I was like, no <laughs> <laughs> <hell is> shit. <laughs> but, bro, you're a junior in college. In college you got babysitting, uh, getting, right. grocery car- getting grocery carts at Kroger. Right. Your resume. Stamps. Like, I don't even know what I had on there. Like, I was just talking. Anyways, you majored in corporate communication. Yes, I did. And uh, then I went to grad school and I got a master's in student affairs administration. And then Word up. I, was, I was working in student affairs for, I worked there for four years. And uh, then I was like, this is not nearly as. Um, what am I trying to say? Like social justice oriented, I guess. So I what were you doing? So my first job in student affairs, I was um, 
working at the small college in Illinois. I was only there for a year, but I was in charge of orientation, student activities. I ran the student center. Um, that was basically it. Probably a couple other things too, but that was the general gist of it. And I remember when you was up there. I was miserable. What was this um, time frame? This was 2014, 2015. Yeah, because that's when I had moved to Florida. I remember that. Yeah, we was both miserable. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> right. Good times. Um, but yeah, so I was there, and most of my students were from Chicago, from like uh, low income families, and like the type of students that I want to work with, black and brown students. It was great. But yes, the students, black and brown people. But the students just didn't care about anything. And I was like, okay, if y'all don't care, I'm not going to try to like convince y'all to care. Right. Like, okay. But it was also like part of the reason, most of the reason why I left that job, well, besides being miserable, was because it was one of those schools that like they were promising all these scholarship funds to people. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, you can come to college and blah, blah, blah. But these were people who were like extremely underprepared for college. Yeah. So you got, you're accepting kids that are, you know, getting a 14, 15 on the ACT. And talking about yeah, you know you can you can go to college, but then they flunk out after a semester or two, and they got loans and whatever else. It's just yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, I think that's predatory at the very least. Um, yeah, you just setting them up for failure. Right. It's like, and then once they got there, there wasn't a whole lot of um, support for them to make sure that they could actually be successful. So yeah, I wasn't that's, here for it. That like reminds me of. And I tell people all the time, like, you can love your family to death, but if you was raised around people that just know nothing about finances and money, you don't need to be taking advice from them, though. Right. Because I remember being in high school or first getting to college, and I'm talking to my mother, and God bless my mama. I love her to death, but mm -hmm. she doesn't know much about finances like that, not not to that level. And she's right. telling me, and we talking about loans, and she's, just take that loan out. Just take that loan out. And, like, she's just telling me to take loans out. And what did I know? I, all I knew is I need to listen to my mama. That's all I right. knew. And I'm not thinking far enough ahead, thinking it's that big of a deal. I'm just taking out loans, taking out this, doing this, signing my name on this. That was stupid as hell. I should have <laughs> never been doing that. Like, like and, that, yeah. and then I'm, then I'm uh, dodging student loans now. Fuck that. <laughs> right, right. I be getting them, uh, them phone numbers calling me like one eight four four. Nope. Yeah. That's nope. Fake, you man. good? That's I feel great like I, I feel like as a if we're not gonna get reparations, we should get reparations in this form where we just wipe our student loan debt. Like it's not that much to be honest. Listen, listen. just wipe that shit away. Like wiping our wipe wiping all black people's student loan debt and uh, Native Americans. That's yes. not really gonna. That's not gonna hurt anything for this country because they sit, they sending out billions of dollars to Notre Dame anyways because that shit caught on fire. So. Don't even start really, on your job. What's it? Yeah, we're not going to. So, you said Illinois, you hated it. <laughs> and yes. then after so Illinois. <laughs> yeah, so after Illinois, I'm working at a school here in Atlanta um, where they are known for being very progressive, being very into social justice, all those things. I was like, okay, this is great. This is exactly the type of place I want to be at. And then basically, I have the nerve to support black and brown students. Oh, and they're like, shit. Mm, maybe not so much. Like, <laughs> and literally, like, I had white, a white student that was like, it feels like you're not as close to your white students as your other students. And now, I was just like, kids. yeah, I was like, you're not wrong, but also I don't see the problem. <laughs> you're not like, wrong, though. Fuck them kids. <laughs> like and maybe that's awful I don't Probably, know but, I'm but just, I don't care your entire life you you've had probably dozens of mentors at this point mm -hmm. I as a almost 30 year old I can count on one hand how many actual mentors I have like Word up. and then I can count on one finger how many mentors I've had that look like me so yep. you know like I, I just can't bring myself to be pressed about it so Yep. But yeah, so I was I was at this university. I'm going to try not to name it, but I might slip out, so yeah. I apologize. No, 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 that's cool. Don't name it. We good. You know, 
but uh yeah so i was like okay i've been here three years um i'm clearly intelligent and i know what i'm doing and all this Mm -hmm. fun stuff so what about this promotion and a uh white man upper administrator looked at me and said sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward so white men don't right and there were plenty of people who all of a sudden you know somebody would leave and then instead of posting the job they would just promote somebody into it oh um, yeah I was like i was like so how do i get put on that list because clearly folks are just <laughs> out here getting these promotions left and right which is fine but like can i benefit from it hell and then yeah Right. It was like, you got to take a step back, take a step forward. But the people getting these random promotions only have, you know, a year more experience than me. Ooh, and they're Lord. white. Like, or they're, like, they were, this school was was great with white people, you know, pretty good with, like, black men and men of color. But with women of color, they just did not have a good track record. And, like, yeah. I spoke to multiple other women of color who were, like, mostly black women, but some, like, Latinx women and even Asian women and folks were just like yeah this is how I've been treated and I'm just like okay so I'm not about to get this promotion so Mm -hmm. I'm out yeah so I like because I like I even created I created a position for myself and I was like just give me the money and I will do this work and they were like "Mm, just keep doing the work for free and then we'll see where we're at in like a year Oh, uh, year is a long time to waste. It is, and y'all ain't about to exploit me. Right? They love. Oh man, they love to exploit you. They love to not pay you or give you your work. None of these people are going to give you your work, and that's if you black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. They don't like giving. They don't like giving people what they're actually worth, no matter what. And then just if you're black or a woman, it's just going to be worse than the regular. Exactly, exactly. So I'm like, you know, like I, I did all this work to create this position for myself and then I like reevaluated my life and I was like, I don't think this is what I want. Like I don't right. think I want to continue on this down this path because I, I never wanted to be like a VP of student affairs. I never wanted to be a dean of students because in grad school I learned that the dean of students is the person that calls the parents if a student dies. I'm yeah. not doing that. So, Hell no. Right. That sounds like the worst possible job. So I don't want that. Right. So, so how long were like, you there doing that? I was there for three years. And so I left. When, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, oh. when when did it hit you and you was like, when you was definitely sure and you knew I'm getting out of this, like how, how did it hit you? When did you make that decision and that you was confident in getting the hell out of there? Ooh, that's a good question. So there was like, like a year into my job at this university, um, which was after two years of working full time in, in student affairs. I was like, okay, all of this is a sham. Like basically all the, not all, that sounds bad, but like there were a lot of people who had just gotten promotions because they just happened to be there. They happened to be around. Like basically, if you don't burn out in student affairs, you just keep getting promotions until you <laughs> just find yourself one day as like an assistant dean or something. And you I was know, like, there's oh, a lot. Hold on, like, I'm sorry, but there's a lot that we'll talk about off the podcast about all of that because I work in student affairs currently, so I'm not going to say anything on here. But there's a lot that we'll talk about all of that off of the podcast. Look, I'm real reckless now because I'm like, I can't get fired. Well, Go William ahead. is not Willie Southside is not reckless right now because I right. can get fired. And <laughs> so, you're right. You're right. You're right. So we'll talk about that. But I do understand you because I see people in the field burn out and just get drained from it and it's crazy because I did not know it would be like that before getting in it so anyways you were saying you like burning out not wanting to move up all of that yeah and so like I was struggling too because it was it was summer 2016 when I was like I can't be I don't think I want to be here full term or uh, long term and you said so, summer 2016 yeah and summer okay. 2016 was also the summer that um oh shoot there were two different uh police brutality like two different shootings yeah that summer was rough yeah yeah in dallas Mm -hmm. 
and then yeah. there was it was Alton Sterling. Yeah. And those happened within like what two or three days of each other. It was so much violence in just two weeks span. Then you had all the shit going on in Dallas and stuff too, where those marches. That was a rough. That was a rough summer, yo. Like that was that was draining. That was draining. And I just remember like it was July. I remember it was early July when all this stuff was popping off because the whole month of July, when I tell you, I didn't do any work. I just came to work and I sat at my computer for eight eight hours, like. I was so out of it. I was so depressed. Yeah. I was so, and I was just like, not only am I supposed to support students through these, you know, these moments, which I don't have any problem doing. My problem was that nobody was checking in on me. Yeah. Nobody, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like nobody was like, hey, are you okay? Like some, some of my other friends, black women, their bosses were like, oh, take the day off or, you know, do this, that, and the third. My boss ain't say shit. My boss told me that I could take a day off for being black. She said, you, because I told her, I said, we got to take, because, you know, everybody was tweeting and posting on Facebook. I got to call in for black. And my boss, and I like kind of, I kind of said it to her jokingly, but she was like, no, if you need to take a day off and with that, you do it. Like, she was like, I can't be in your shoes. I don't know how it feels. And I think that's the problem. A lot of white people don't understand that, no, it's not actually happening to me or somebody that I know. But you see that right. and know that it could be not even that it could just be you, but just humanity. Like you, you just feel that shit and all that violence. I feel like if you're black, white, whatever, you should be able to feel that shit and be like, damn, I'm drained. Like, and that's the kind of stuff that that at least my boss, she understands that, and she will tell you, she'll tell you take a mental health day. She'll tell you take a day off if you're just like it's because that shit's draining as hell so so i took so i'm totally grateful and thankful that i have that because i know especially a lot of my friends that work in corporate america they don't have that they work they work in the private sector and they don't have that yeah Yeah. they don't give a damn they don't give a shit about that Be like, so uh, you got the reporter and all? Like, right. <laughs> you you come in, low. Did you see that Philando Castillo? Like, he got killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, so do you have the graphs and the surveys that we need? Like, they don't give right. a shit about that. Right, and they're like, oh, did you see Game of Thrones? I'm like, nigga, right. this is real life. But okay, yeah, but, sis. but but Game of Thrones though. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you. So I'm just saying, like, that's crazy. No, that's real. But um. But yeah, that summer was rough. And after that, I was like, okay, like you can give as much lip service as you want to. You know, we support students of color, we support black students, we support this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, if you're not supporting the people that are supporting the student, then uh-huh. you're not supporting the student. Yeah. And like that planted a seed to like kind of what I'm doing now of like we have to heal the healers. We have to take care of the caretakers. Like we can't just keep like requesting all this emotional labor out of people like out of social workers out of teachers out of all these different like um caregiving professions and then expect these people just every single day to wake up and be chipper and whatever else Mm -hmm. like the most tired people i know are the people that work with kids the people that work low-income folks the people that work at the food stamp office people that work at a food stamp office every day look like they about to snap right because it's draining because they probably want to help these people out as much as they can but they mm-hmm. literally can't. Like their hands are tied and they literally can't do anything. Right. Like when I have students that I'm talking to and I feel for them cause they like, especially like if it's something to do with work study and the financial aid office is screwing them over talking about y'all gotta pay a thousand dollars to the university before you register for classes. And this mm-hmm. and this student's a first generation, first generation American, first generation college student and they working and they trying, but they just sitting here just throwing them around. Like they forget that these kids are human or whatnot right. and j- just act like they're pines. They're just part of some chessboard or whatever. And they don't give a damn. And that's just draining. Well, like, I'm trying to help these students out, especially when I actually have students that care. When I actually right. have students that truly care about what they're doing and want to help. And they might work in a position that has nothing to do with their major or what they want to do with their future but they treat it like it's the most important thing in the world. And I like, I appreciate that. And it's not like I make that much money that I can just give them money out of my pocket or 
take them out to right. eat all the time, but I do what I can. But that shit is draining, though, and people don't understand that. So, like, when you saying if you're not supporting the people who are supporting the students, then are you really supporting the students then? Right, exactly, exactly. And I was just so frustrated because I was just like, and at the school that I was at, so I think it was my first year that the black students created a list of demands they had for the university. And so they were asking for more mental health support, um, higher wages for the black folks that were working at the university, more black professors, stuff like that. Yeah, like it wasn't just about the students, it was about like everybody. Um, Damn, that's and, dope. Right. And I proposed, I was like, so listen, we have these student activists on campus who are these student organizers. And we know, based on Western, it's the same thing that you see at every school. The same 10 Black students are running their Greek organization, MPHC. They're in the, you know, the Black yeah. Psychologist Association or the Black Chemist Association or whatever. Then they're also doing, like, the Campus Activities Board. They're also doing... They're also working. They're also going home and taking care of their family. They're, they're doing all these things. And the university asks them, hey, can you be on this diversity committee? Hey, can you plan this MLK Junior Day event with the multicultural office? Hey, can you do this thing? And it's like, one, you're not paying these students for their labor. Two, you're not supporting these students because mm-hmm. they have the more mess that they need to deal with. And you keep asking them for more things. So I was like, how about I be the person that supports these students? And Mm -hmm. it kind of hit me one day. I was like, they never gonna put somebody on the payroll to support the students who are fighting against the university. Right. And so I was like, wow. Like that. Mm -hmm. So like, if that's the case, I'm never gonna be able to do what I want to do within the university system. Yeah. That's that's what. So okay. So when you finally left, what was your next move? Oh man, so I left. My last day at, at this university was, <laughs> oh, it almost slipped. Um, was June at 1st M&M. last year at Eminem University. Mm-hmm. That sounds accurate. Um, and so my last day there was June 1st. And I really wasn't 100% sure. Like, I had a part time job lined up, but I didn't have anything full time lined up. And I was terrified. I like went home that night and I got high and I watched Coco and I cried. And I was like, <laughs> I made a big mistake. I made the biggest mistake of my life. I'm about to get evicted. I'm about to, they go repo my car. I don't even know. So I was terrified, but um, things worked out. I ended up uh, in July of last year. Well, I did training to become a doula. Because I wanted a doula. Do you know what a doula is? Explain it. Explain it for the uh, the culture. Okay. So a doula is a person who emotionally supports people while they are pregnant, giving birth, uh, after birth, all those fun things. And so because I had learned a few months before that black women are three to four times likely to die during or right after childbirth. Yeah. um, black infants are twice as likely to die within the first year as white infants. I was like, okay, this is something tangible I can do to help out black people since I felt so like helpless um, in the university system. And so I did do a training over the summer. um, And then I also was offered a job teaching middle school English at this kind of cool like co-op middle school situation here in Atlanta. And I was like, I mean, I like English and I read books, so I think I can do this. <laughs> and um, that's what I've been doing this year. So it's been interesting. So what does it feel like when you like, because I know there's a lot of people out there that feel like they're stuck in a situation and they feel like someone else is controlling their life. And I feel like you took it upon yourself to be like no I'm in control of this I want to control my life and yes we always going to have things that control our actions a lot of times and have superiors supervisors bosses blah 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 but what does it feel like that you've like tried to take control of your own life uh it's scary it's scary to to like take control of things because yeah your whole life you're like well you see your parents like my parents very much working class like they both worked in car factories and you know we know how the 
like the car industry, the automotive industry in America, you know, every three seconds they got layoffs, they got yep. bailouts, they got whatever else. So literally my family, my whole life growing up is like, well, they going you know, they laying people off and they doing buyouts and this, that and the third. So you just kind of wait to see what's about to happen to your life. Yeah. And so it, I was not used to, I didn't grow up in a family where it was like, you know, you have control over your destiny and this, that and the yeah. third. Like, not that my family like actively didn't say that, but it's just like when you're black in America, you kind of, you kind of accept that you don't have that much control over your life. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, which is a big part of where our mental health issues come in. But anyways, um, yeah, I just was like, okay, if I don't want to do this no more, then I don't have to. And like, I kind of hyped myself up. I was like, nah, since y'all don't want me, y'all don't want me to get this promotion, I don't need y'all. Watch, watch. So I was like, I took that anger and I was like, yeah. I hate that. I'm quitting. And then after I was like, wait, oh shit, what did I do? Like, but see, I, I, just, I, I feel like it's important that you channel that anger into something productive or whatnot because it's like, I feel, I feel you though, because I feel like growing up, for the mo- for a long time, I was never like told like take control of your life. Like I feel like a lot of us was always just you go through with what you do what your parents did. You just do where everybody else does. You go to college, you find a career, you get married, have kids, and do it like that. It's just a regular thing. And I think the first time in time basically in our in our world the millennials have switched things up it started with i really think it switched, started with the millennials where you really just really take control of your life like there was obviously people that always did that in the past because we wouldn't have the what albert einstein's of the world the jay-z's right. the the barack obama's just all of those people you oprah's all of them in the past but we never we never saw it where so many people of one generation are trying to take control of their life and because we've never had so many different type of jobs you could have back in the day when our parents were growing up it wasn't that many different types of jobs you could get they never would have dreamed of social media marketer they didn't right. know about any of that shit like you right. have, you, especially you, if you didn't go to college like yeah like i remember in high school my mother and i appreciate this but then like looking back i'm like i would never do this to my kids but my mm-hmm. mother, my mother wrote this thing where it was basically like a contract saying like, I, William Thomas, uh, promised to my mother, I will attend a higher institution and get a college degree, be the first man in the family to get a degree, blah, blah, blah. And she mm-hmm. made me, uh, she inked my thumb, made me do a thumbprint and she still has that car. And I'm like, and I get it, you know, I get it. Like my mother wanted me to be the first man in the family to go to college. Like my sister is the first person in our family to get a college degree and then my mother got a college degree a week after my sister did and mm. then I, and then I'm the first man in the family to get a college degree so I understand it but mm. like legit college is not for everybody like to follow the, the same tradition not every tradition is for everybody like not everybody has to go to college and just get a career in something that they just pay the bills and take care of their family like Niggas want to be happy now. We want to have peace in our life. Like, right. You say that like it's like niggas trying to be happy and shit. Like, because it was, they weren't used to being happy. Like, they, I don't think our parents grew up, grew up in a time and got jobs in a time where, where happiness and peace and happiness was like at the forefront. Like, nigga, I want to be happy. Like, they, they, now, them motherfuckers was living with stress and anxiety, and no wonder they was whooping our asses growing up. I get it. No wonder we was getting, no wonder we was getting our ass beaten stuff. Like, my, I get it. My mom, my mama was, my mother had to go and she would work a job where she would leave the house at like, probably at like, she worked a job where it was like an hour away from Louisville. So she would travel like an hour. So she would have to leave the house like 1 p.m. And then she wouldn't get all, and she would get there at like 2, 2.30 or something, work until like 11 p.m., wouldn't get home, wouldn't get home until 12 o'clock at night. So me and my sister are probably already asleep. So there was, there could sometimes be like three days in a row where we didn't really get to see our mother, but, and, but she would have dinner ready. So she would cook dinner before she left. So I could just imagine 
that she mm. cooked di- that she probably cooked dinner at like 11 a.m. So so right. dinner like she would get ready and cook dinner before she left, be at work, wouldn't get home until 12 o'clock, and me and my sister in bed. And then we wake up due to uh, and she would sometimes be up in the morning when we would get up and like get us a little breakfast ready or something or just pray with us before we went to uh, school or whatnot. And do that all that. So she was doing all of that. She's so if you factor in the cooking, the waking up to pray with us, traveling to work, actually going to work, she probably was working 60, 70 hours a week, to be honest. Right. So I could understand that if I acted up at school and she whooped my ass, I could understand right. her I could understand her beating my ass. Cause she didn't have time for the shits. She didn't have time. She right. didn't have time to deal with that shit. So like, but now like people are really stressing mental health and peace and happiness or whatever. So to be honest, these days, parents don't need to beat their kids, to be honest. Like we don't have to beat our kids. I can understand like whooping your kids a little bit, but like the way our parents beat us, parents don't have to beat their kids like that anymore. Like it's a different day. It's a (laughs) feel a brand new day. Yeah, but I get it though. Like it's a different day. So like niggas wants to niggas want to be happy now and we have room to be happy yeah we might have the most debt we might have the most debt that anyone ever had but it's almost like i'd rather have these problems than the shit our parents went through though right and our grandparents i don't even want to think about what my grandparents oh my god through. oh shit right? they was getting beat with hoses and sprayed with water and yeah. like my- talk, that was real racism <laughs> right 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 i was like people out here we are not our ancestors okay sis like my granddaddy out here drinking out of the uh, white people only fountain for funsies. My grandmama, my great grandma told me a story of how she went to the library as a kid and the white librarian didn't want to give her a library card. And my great grandmama is like, was light skin, like light, light, light. Like if you, if you don't look too hard, like you might be able to, uh, she might be able to pass, but <laughs> yeah. She went to the library like every day for like a week or two weeks or something until the librarian finally gave her a library card and she was a child. Yeah. And I'm like, we out here, we are not our ancestors. I wish I was my ancestors. Right. Like, I'm playing. I'm oh, playing. I hate that. My cousin, I have a cousin that asked me to make a shirt that says we are not our ancestors. I'm like, nigga, and so I just went along with it. Like, yeah, I could do that. I'm like, that's hella disrespectful because I would love I would love to have the strength of our ancestors. Our ancestors, they put up with shit that we couldn't even imagine putting up with. Right. They like actual an- slavery. Yeah, our like, ancestors could our ancestors couldn't go to go to HR to complain. Right, right. <laughs> like, HR the overseer, like, like, like bro, like who they who they gonna go see? The slave master? Hey yo, uh Massa, right. I just wanna let you know that Emily I heard beat me a little bit harder than normal. Like what the fuck? Like get out of here! Like right. they, like what they gonna go say? Like yo, um, this water fountain talk about whites only. Like <laughs> get the fuck out of here! Right, like, we not gonna we can't go to the ACLU and sue like we can now. No. Jackie Robinson didn't have HR to go to about breaking the color getting barrier. Spit on. Right, getting spit on at the games and yeah, who he who? Like bro, fuck, fuck that, fuck, fuck them shirts, dog. That's so like people are so surface level and don't really think they about are. what they really saying. They like like our ancestors was weak and just took shit. Like get out of here. Oh, and like our ancestors were quietly resisting. Like they was like grinding up glass to put in the, in the slave master's food. Like that's some right. thug shit, bro. That's real as hell, yo. Like imagine, right? <laughs> imagine like you like these motherfuckers today. Would never ever think about yo, my my boss is racist as hell. I'm about to grind this glass up <laughs> right. and they and, and they smoothie. Into fame. Right. <laughs> put it in their um put it in their spinach artichoke dip. Right, exactly. <laughs> um I'm gonna jump back for half a second. We was talking about our parents. Yeah. I called my mama up a few months ago and I was like, you know how like it was summer? And your mama came home from work and started fussing. You in that same spot you was in when I left. I can't believe there's dirty dishes in the sink. The Bruh. chicken ain't out the freezer. This, that, and the third. And I got to come home to this. Like, Ooh. I get it now. I get it now. Because, like, I refuse to get a dog because I don't need no freeloader in my Hell house. No. Like, but for real, though. How dare you? I go to work all day. And yo narrow behind got the nerve to be laying up on my couch, using up my air conditioning, eating yep. my food, and you couldn't even wash a dish? 
Yeah, like that's for real. All you do is eat. All you do is eat, sit, eat, sit, and sleep. That's all you do around here. Like I get it. Like right, and you fuss when I ask you to clean up your shit. I ain't asking you to clean up my shit. I'm asking you to clean up your shit. And you mad? (laughs) I understand now. Like mama, I'm sorry. Right. (laughs) Like I should have washed all them dishes because I get it. That house should have been spick and span clean, bro. That like. Like that house and dinner <laughs> dinner should have been cooked. It's the walls right. should have been shining. Right. Like we should have had a bath run, a bath run right. fucker. Cause she probably done put up with some racist and misogynistic shit all day. Right. And traffic. Like girl. Oh, and, she had and the bills. traffic. Oh. Right. And she had the bills. And she had like, nah. My mama is a, a saint for that. Like if no if for no other reason than for that. Like the fact right. that she murder us every time. She came in the door, saw us watching Mari. Like, it was just a regular Tuesday. Uh, like, Ricky Lake. Uh, <laughs> watching uh, Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake right. <laughs> but, Man, like, that's, bro, that's so true because I think about now, I'm single, no kids, no pets or anything. And I get off of work, I get off of work and be tired and drained. And I don't even want to stop and get gas when I need gas. Like, I don't right. even want to do that shit. Let alone raise children, multiple. Ooh. Cause I remember them summers, like we weren't doing nothing. And I remember oh. I, I would go for my cousins and be with my cousins all day. And we just playing video games. We eating right. up all the, we eating up all the food. We playing right. hide and seek outside. And she done been at work all day dealing with some racist ass people. Some uh right. some some white dude talking down to her. And she gotta right. come home and the sink is filled with dishes. And we talking right. about we talking about mama, what's for dinner? Nigga, right. like, like, who's like, get the fuck out of here. Right, like, you about to be for dinner, you don't get out of my face. Like, come on. Like, bro, like, and she got to cook now. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, no. Like, that's, I get it. I get it. Mama, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, right. Oh. Mama, I'm sorry. I was ignorant as hell. My apologies. Right. And my mama, at one point, she was working full time and going back to school. Yeah, my mama, she too. Yeah, she started college, but she didn't finish it. So she, it took her like four or five years to finish school. And like, she would take me with her, like, oh, you got an orthodontist appointment. So you gonna come to my class with me. And then yep. we gonna I'm gonna drop you off at the dentist. And like, my mama, I don't know how she did it. Bro, I'm telling you, mothers have a different type of strength. I don't care what race, what culture, what ethnicity they are. Mothers have a different type of focus and strength that anyone in this world can imagine. Yeah. yeah, I don't, okay. I don't get it. I don't, I can't understand it. Like when you have kids, if you have kids, you'll be able to understand it then. But that's something that I'll never be able to understand. But I'm telling you because I'll be looking at like the women at work who have kids and stuff, and and I'll be wondering like how, they never get sick, and they got kids who get sick though. But how do you never get sick though? Like how do you I, never? I used to wonder. My mama ain't never get sick. We would have the flu, stomach virus, be stuff be coming out at both ends, and she just chilling. Bruh, just healthy than a motherfucker. Right. I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. Bruh, God has God has blessed mothers like that because He knows the kind of bullcrap they got to put up with. So He's blessed them with a different kind of strength. Yeah, they may not have the same physical strength as men a lot of times but but shoot they got some real strength and focus cause the rest of us ain't got that like I be getting sick I, I get a stomach ache and I'm like yo I can't come into work today but mama's <laughs> like but mama's like my boss I, my boss was telling me about the shit that she had to do like she was talking about how her and her husband would never get to see each other because they had totally different schedules with work and stuff she was talking about how she would have to wake up at 5 a.m. to get her daughter ready for school and to take her to a school and then come into work and then you got to deal with these mediocre white men and she's white and she got to deal with these mediocre white men right. talking down to her she's got to have a boss who she is more qualified for than him but he's got to tell her what to do and then she gets then she gets off of work picks her uh, daughter up from school takes her to like soccer practice to gymnastics and stuff and doesn't get to get home until like 7 7 30 then has to make sure she gets dinner ready for her and her daughter or sometimes her husband will have dinner ready or whatnot but then she sees her husband for like an hour or two that day then they go to bed and do it all over again like that's another thing that makes me think like 
marriage is some hard work. Like, that's why I'm grateful I have friends that are all married and in these relationships. Because I listen to the gems that they be dropping. They be telling me some stuff. Marriage is really hard work, yo. It is. It really, really is. And it's not, <laughs> it's not anything to play with. And it's not, like, all this stuff. That's what I, like, I be tripping because people be like, oh, you know, you you graduate from high school, you graduate from college, you get married, you have babies, and people take this stuff for granted. And I'm like, or not for granted, but they just like assume that this is the way that life is supposed to be. And I'm like, you, like that's not a conveyor belt type of situation. Like, oh, well, you know, um, I just keep going to work every day. And then like, magically, <laughs> I got a promotion. Like, no, you got to put in work, like, especially for relationships, especially for relationships like, with other humans if you are sharing a house like even Bruh. having a roommate is hard like let alone having a roommate that you share all of your money with you're uh, supposed to be oh. having sex with it you you've been together for like 10 years you uh-huh. keep asking when are you having babies when are you having the next baby when are you having uh. like that's stressful that's just me I'm just thinking about it hell yeah like that's all, and then think about you're doing all this you're tired you're drained you're annoyed and then think about y'all even too tired that y'all ain't had sex in like three months. Right. Like even with something like that, like you sleep in a bed with them every day, but y'all haven't had sex in three months. Like one thing that y'all can control, but y'all haven't even done that in three months. So like that shit's got to be tiring, bro. And then somebody loses their job too. Man. Like, Man. Or like a health problem. Or like, you know, anything could go wrong, especially the older we get, the more every morning I wake up and I'm like, that's a new pain. Like, mm. God knows. <laughs> it's, it's, stuff is it's hard out here. I don't I don't know. And then I think about like, my mama was 26 when she had me. She had two kids by the age of 26. And I'm like, I'm three years past that. And I still don't think I can handle one kid, let alone two. Shit, shit, bruh. And you get in your 30s? Like, things just hurt for no reason. You're like, why do I hurt? Like, what the hell? Like, you just wake up and your your ankle hurts. You're like, what the fuck? Why does my ankle hurt? Like, and do you think, what, did I did I do something on my ankle yesterday? Like, I'm, I'm used to, I could go to the gym and not stretch and kill this workout and go hard as hell. Now, no. my, ba- my back hurts for no reason. Like, my toe hurts. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, getting older is weird as hell, yo. I've had a crick in my neck for two weeks. Mm-mm. I don't know why. Bruh, that was though. me. Bruh, that was me. I had a crick in my neck for about a week. Then it went away. And today, I'm at the gym back. doing something. And I felt it. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought this shit was gone. Like, shit be gone for six months and then come back. Like, why? Right. right. Like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, getting older. Like, and I will. one thing I will say, getting older. I love getting older. I've never felt... Yes, I might have all these pains physically and all of this, this, that, and the third. But mm-hmm. I just getting older is just really dope because I know who I am now. Like I know yeah. what I want. I know what my intentions are. I know what kind of woman I want. I know what I want right. out of life. Like the older you get, the more you're fine with just saying no and you don't give a shit. Like when people will hit me up, you trying to go out. Like back in the day, you make up excuses not to go. Now you're just like, right. nah, I'm oh, good. Oh man, now I gotta work. Right. Like, like now I'm already you, in a bed. Good night. Bruh, like, when you're older, when, when you're younger, like, if someone asks you on Monday, what did you do this weekend? You want to be able to be like, bro, I turned up. I did this Friday. I did this right. Saturday. And then Sunday, I did this. But now that I'm older, when someone on Monday is like, what you do this weekend? And I'll sit and think, I'll be like, actually, I ain't did shit. I had a good weekend. I sat on, like, Friday night, I got home and cooked. I had a drink and I binge watched this. I read right. a book. I wrote this Saturday. I ran some errands. I did some laundry. I relaxed. I laid by the pool. Like, I love right. doing nothing. I love doing that's nothing. Lit. That's so lit. Don't that sound like a good weekend? <laughs> I do. And like, I'm an introvert. So like, as a kid and as a young adult, like, that's not, that's looked down upon. Like, oh, you, yep. like, oh, you don't want to do nothing? You don't want to hang out? What's wrong with you? But now, right. everybody else, I think the older the people get, at least in this society, the more introverted people become. And now, yep. other people be like, yeah, I had a great weekend. I took the dog for a walk in the park. And then <laughs> I, I read my book. I, you know, I wrote a poem. It was great. And I'm like, okay, I was trying to do this shit when I was 19, but y'all was making fun of me, but okay. 
<laughs> Bro, there's so many things now that I got made fun of for back in the day that people be like bragging about because I told I was talking to my students the other day about this actually. And I'm like growing up I used to get called white boy, gay boy and white boy, gay boy and church boy. I got called those three things all the damn time. I remember I got called uh, church boy because, I mean, I was at church like four or five days a week. My mother's a minister. I was in a youth choir. I was always at Sunday school. All of that. I I, I didn't cuss. I didn't start cussing until like, to be honest, until like grad school. And I didn't really start cussing. I didn't start cussing, cussing until I got into the professional world, became an adult when shit really started getting on my nerves and I got drained. And then I got called White Boy because I would listen to uh, Justin Timberlake's first album all the time. I was oh, listening yeah. to uh, to Hooba's thing. I was watching Friends. Bruh, now I was listening to all the music that people consider white. I was listening to that and loving that shit. And, so, and I was comfortable with it. I was listening to Coldplay, all of that. And then I would get called Gay Boy because I was drinking wine and mimosas. I remember in college, I remember in college, uh, it may have been my first year my first year in grad school actually we uh it was uh we was going out to a Mexican restaurant and one of the Mexican restaurants in Bowling Green uh, I can't remember what it was called what was that shit called it was by Kroger's Pretos yeah Pretos yeah mm-hmm. we went to Pretos and they had five dollar pitchers bruh five dollar pitchers of margaritas and so I'm in there with three of my homies so I can say their names it ain't no big deal it's Paul it's mm-hmm. Boone, Paul Boone, and uh, Chuck. We all went and got some margaritas, pictures of margaritas. And they was like, bro, you gay, bro. You like margaritas? I'm like, nigga, y'all saying I'm gay because he's trying to say I'm soft. But nigga, it's tequila. Ain't nothing soft about tequila, bro. <laughs> Accurate. Bro, and plus margaritas are delicious. So what you talking about? They so, are, right. It's, it's the best I, of slushies and the best of alcohol. Like, what right. you mad for? Like, bro, it's a slushy and it's alcohol. There's nothing better. But I don't think they had ever had margaritas. I know Boone hadn't, and I know Chuck hadn't, and I'm pretty sure Paul hadn't had it either. But we had margaritas, and I remember Boone and Chuck both looked at me and was like, dog, this is good. <laughs> bro, these are good as hell. And we all had, like, two pitchers, and we was drunk as hell. We had to stay there until we sobered up so that we could drive home. That's how we had to stay yeah, there. because this strong. Shit, Bro, them shit was fire. And I just remember dudes in college used to say I was gay for loving wine and for listening to R&B and drinking margaritas and mimosas and shit. And now, look at it. Everybody wants to drink bottomless mimosas and everybody wants to go home. and Bro, and everybody wants to go home and drink wine and drink margaritas. I'm like, nigga, I had to down the cross for this (laughs) for y'all back in the day. And now, and I'm like, that's why I tell niggas, like, look, y'all. I'm a man for the culture and I'm ahead of my time because all the shit that y'all brag about now, I got clowns for this back in the day and I never understood it because I'm like, y'all, women love wine. Women like mimosas. Women fuck with daiquiris and margaritas. Y'all should fuck with it. Like, liking this don't make you gay. Actually, if you have all this shit at your spot when women come over, they're going to be more comfortable. And I used to like candles, burn incense. And I remember like, like, bruh, I remember girls would ask if I was gay because my house was so clean and it smelled good and I got candles. I'm like, what kind of niggas is you messing with? No, but honestly, I would go to people's rooms in college and like they room literally like the closet would be empty, but their clothes would just be all over the floor. And like (laughs) smell like God knows what. And I just like I would look at them like, who raised y'all? Like, is this a barn? So like it, it's it's very sad as a as a straight I feel so bad for straight people. Like I really do. I tell people that all the time. I feel so bad for straight people. Because like the the bar for straight men has been set so low. And they still can't like, reach it though. Right. And it's like you wash your ass, you know how to wash your clothes, and you know how to cook something besides hot dog, wife me. Like and I'm like, wow, that must be a, a rough life. Like for real, for real though, I tell my uh, my male students, the straight ones, the ones that mess with women, I tell them all the time. I'm like, look, y'all, have at least two meals that you can cook, two go-to meals that you can cook, right. no matter what, that you don't have to look at a recipe book for. Have two go-to meals, 
always have if you're inviting women over always have wine and liquor in the house so she can pick between one of the two and right. make sure your house yes and clean your house and make sure it smells good so she's comfortable to relax make sure it smells good because whenever i have like i invite my i'll invite my homegirls over and i'm not trying to have sex with them or nothing i'm just trying to kick it because i like their energy i just like their energy so i want to be around that energy or whatever and i remember i had i had like four of my friends over it was two homeboys and two homegirls and uh and two of the girls that one of the girls was like she said will I bet you be getting hella ass in here. You be fucking mad, bros, cause the vibe is so chill in here. And I'm like, this is how I just chill all the time. I don't. I, I legit do not do this for women. I do this for myself. Like, fuck y'all. I like if you like it, you may like it. If you don't, you don't. But I don't yeah. give a damn, cause I'm just trying to chill, and that's how I chill. And if you fuck with it, that's what's up. But I like candles. I burn incense. I drink mm-hmm. wine. I drink mimosas. Like I will sit by myself in the evening and eat shrimp and eat cheese and drink some wine all by myself and watch basketball and keep my headphones on and listen to music. I and R and B music at that. So it's just weird right. that dudes will call that gay because women find that comfortable and enjoy those kind of vibes. So like nigga, catch up. Like all you gotta do is cook right. two meals, two meals have a cocktail you can drink to uh, make for a woman. Oh, you also gotta have sweets around the house because like 90% of women love sweets. You gotta I'm, have I'm some gonna, sweets. I'm not gonna ask you where the number came from, but I will say that, I feel like you just made that up, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, you go into some dude's house and it smell like X body spray or it smell like uh, uh, no. <laughs> like oh man I just like I shiver I honestly am shivering but yeah folks out here like I'm like how hard is it to clean up after yourself like that's not that's not gay like gay is literally like if you are attracted to men if you right. clean up after yourself that's called being a human like right. <laughs> bruh, like that's another thing that like my mama like she was teaching us to clean up after ourselves like that's a skill that you need as a human because you make a mess as a human like you you are gonna wear clothes at some point so you need to be able to wash them you're going to eat food hopefully off of a plate so you need to be able to wash it like (laughs) why is that such a difficult concept for people to grasp i don't understand it's a human concept, yo. Like, and that's what's weird when people when I would play like a certain song or something to be jamming to it and lighting candles or whatever in my home. Bro, that's gay as hell. I'm like, you know, that's weird because I'm attracted to women. So how is that gay? Like, Help me like understand. right. Like my ears do not have a sexuality to them. My ears just like dope shit. I don't know what to right. tell you, my nigga. And I'm so glad that I'm just I enjoy being who I am like my masculinity is not a prison whatsoever like I just yeah. like I just like what I like but I've always been that way it's never I've never I think that's kind of sometimes it's kind of my problem because I just figured that all men were like me so luckily I'm cool with mostly women for most of my life and when my homegirls would talk about how these dudes are I would be so shocked and be like, men are really like that? Like, why are they like this? What the fuck is wrong with these dudes? Like, it just never, it just never made sense to me because to me, women set the bar extremely low, but yet the men still can't reach the bar and women will set, it's like playing, uh, what's called limbo. Like you playing limbo and the women will have and the women will have the bar set high as hell like the women got the bar set at six foot and nigga you five six and you still can't (laughs) go under the bar like you still can't get you still can't get under that shit like what's wrong with you my nigga like it's just confusing and women will settle for a a shitty ass nigga too they will settle for a shitty ass nigga absolutely and he still can't reach it. Like, she's settling for your shitty-ass ways and you still don't reach it. Like, what the hell's right. wrong with you, bro? Like, like this, just, woman has, this woman has gave you three kids. She cleaned up after your dusty <laughs> ass and you can't even make her come? Like, come on, bro. Like, get your life together. Right. This, I, is, the, like, this I, is the era of the internet. If you don't click yeah. on an article that says, like, how to eat pussy, then I just don't. Like, why are you here? 
Like, bro, I don't get it. Like, me, I'm the type of dude, I be reading about all that shit. I read about foreplay. I read about eating vagina. I read about, like, how your fingers should be in a woman's vagina. I read about all of that shit. I study that shit. Because I don't, I don't I, like, I don't understand niggas because I, I, for, I guess I'm different because I'm not going to get off if the woman doesn't get off. And so I enjoy appetizers. I enjoy the foreplay and all this shit that leads to it. Like, bruh, I enjoy all this shit where the one, I like to keep doing all this where the woman is now like, all right, Will, I want some dick. I want to do everything so much that now she's like, okay, Will, can you give me dick now? Because you've been doing all of this. That's what I want (laughs) to do. Like, I'm going to do all of that stuff where I'm just giving her all these appetizers. She's eating, she's eating calamari. She's eating spinach, artichoke dip. She's eating chips and salsa. She's like, all right, when's the meal coming? Like, I'm ready. I've had all these appetizers. Don't get me full off the appetizer. I'm ready for the meal. So I don't understand these these niggas that want to get straight to the meal. Like, nigga, you ain't that hungry. Like, calm down. Like, lead up to it. And like, I I just want to say this, since there's an audience. Women, stop telling these niggas that they dick is good if it ain't. Like, right. stand up. up for yourself, right? And be like, I'd be quick to be like, not to the left, to the left, yeah. <laughs> a little bit further, harder, softer, quicker, slower. Like, you, you just got to. You got but to. But me, I appreciate it. Like, I don't, I don't feel no insecurities or anything about that. If a woman tells me, slow down or speed up or move to this side or use your fingers this way i'm gonna do that shit like i don't think a woman a woman's not gonna tell you that because she's like you stupid or you don't know what you're doing like a real woman she's gonna tell you to do that because she wants it to feel good and that's what i'm there for because it's gonna feel 90 percent of the time it's just gonna feel good to me it's it's easier to make a man feel good than it is for a woman Y'all got y'all got so many damn tubes and holes and all this extra shit. <laughs> y'all got a whole lot more going on down there and inside. So it's gonna take a little bit more, and I'm willing to put in that work. So just tell me what you want if I'm fucking up, and I'm gonna right. do it. Like just tell me. But like, ladies, y'all gotta stop just letting these dudes think that they don't. Y'all don't make noises if he ain't really making you make noises. Right. Like, like that, that's just silly. And like everybody's different through the first and second time with somebody, like of course yeah. you're not gonna know their body. Like why would you? And don't just jump in and be like, okay, what do you like? What yeah. do you into? You might not know. Like you can't assume that everybody's like. Because look, I'll try anything twice. That. I'll try anything twice. Just oh, <laughs> like, like I'll try, I'll try anything heterosexual. I will try. I'll try <laughs> twice. <laughs> I you might have to put that out there because you know some people be leaning a certain way. But I will try anything twice, and because and I say twice because maybe the first time I didn't do it right, so at least the second time I, I could do it better. So I'll That's try fair. anything twice. Like yeah, I'll try anything twice. Just tell me what you want. And if the first time I fucked up, like all right, I'm gonna go do some research. I learned my lesson. You tell me what I'm supposed to do. And I'll fix it for the next time. Like, I'll try any of that shit because to me, it's easier to get me off than it is to get a woman off. So, I'm so yeah. So, just tell, like, so if I'm fucking up, you let me know how I'm messing up and I'll fix it and I'll do what you're telling me to do. Because I don't, I don't know, like, I don't like using a lot. I'm different than these other dudes. But I legit feel like I really am different because, and I say that based off of homegirls say and then I really realized that I am different from them because like when I listen to comedians 